This is Kafia, and this is Samira, and you're listening to Chatting in the City. This podcast is an initiative from the VTRAX Vulnerability, Trauma, Resilience, and Culture Laboratory at the University of Ottawa to explore mental health in the Black community. The podcast is part of a larger Become Health project, which is funded by the Public Health Agency of Canada. Welcome, everyone, to our first Chatting in the City podcast with your new host. Today, we have Boaz and JJ, um, and this is so exciting for both of us, and we would definitely love to start with our conversation. So without further ado. Okay. So we actually just wanted to ask you, what does mental health mean to you since this podcast will air in the month of mental health? That's a hard question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that. That's a hard question. Um, it's almost like asking, well, what, what does health mean to you? So in a sense, the, the question, you can answer the question in two ways, or I can answer the question in two ways. I can be like, well, mental health is, you know, is about mental well-being, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or I can say what mental health means to me, right? Specifically me, like, what do I do for mental health? What do I, you know, what does it mean to me as a person? And for that, mental health means, in essence, it's, you know, a comprehensive health, right? Physical, mental, spiritual, whatever, um, all the domains of life working together um and essentially what i do to try to get there is it's a litany of things but one of the things that i try to do a lot is exercise right so i grew up playing sports um and that's kind of been a thing that's been ingrained in me just waking up either i have a mat here i just stretch when i wake up or i go to the gym or i go for a run or something like that um because when i don't do it my mental health suffers and i can actually I can see it. Like if I if I go for a week without working out, I'll be in a certain state. And mm-hmm. if I actually keep up with my workouts throughout the week, I'll be in another state. Um, and that's actually one of the things that got me interested in researching physical activity, and mental health. Is if I was if this was like a proposal I was writing to a, I don't know, to a school or to like a grant or an agency, it would be to say that it's also a very cost effective way to help people in their mental health. I think I'm rambling, but mental health means. First of all, you know, to comprehensive health, but it also means the things that go into it to sort of facilitate your mental health. So for me, it means exercise. It means making sure I get enough sleep. It means making sure I don't try to do too much in the day because that can be a thing that happens, um, especially like when you're in school. So yeah, yeah that's what it means. That how would you say COVID? I mean, I feel like COVID just redefined everybody's lives <laughs> at this point. <laughs> But like, how would you say COVID um, affected, you know, your mental health, whether it was positively or negatively? And how were you able to readapt? Yeah, like, how, how, how are you able to do it during this COVID quarantine times? Yeah, so COVID happened. And I guess like, you know, soccer was taken away and like, you know, social activities, stuff like that, team sports. Um, and at the beginning, I think it was rough, just like for everyone else, um, you know, not being able to do the things that you love, not being able to see your friends and stuff like that. So, of course, you know, uh, I felt depressed and all that stuff. But it was, it, was interesting to, it was interesting to see what happened as I kind of said, well, I guess this is, you know, because I think everybody thought that months later, I think, I think this is, this is uh, 
also something that I realized. Obviously, it affected my mental health in a negative way. But mm-hmm. I think in that year or whatever, year and a half, I was actually the most productive I'd, I'd been in a while. Wow. Because it was kind of like, okay, I just need to, I don't have to go anywhere, right? <laughs> like, I don't really have to go anywhere. Like, what else do I have to do? Just <laughs> sit down and work, do the readings, whatever, just mm-hmm. assignments, blah, 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 the research I need to do and just sit down do that. Obviously, do the podcast and just, that was it. And so I think, oddly enough, I was really, really productive. Um, and I, I think that came after just kind of like realizing that, okay, this is not like a, it's not going to be a week. It's not going to be two weeks because it's going to be a while. Like we're, you know, we're in this for the long haul. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of accepted. I was like, all right, this is what it is. Let me just keep going, keep piling. And I think I started doing, um, me and some of my friends, we started doing like yoga sessions on Wednesdays, Wednesday evenings. So we'd call up each other on Zoom and like, yeah, yeah just do some yoga, just, you know, stretch out. It was nice. Obviously, you know, you get to do that. You also get to see friends, see how they're yeah. doing, catch up with them, stuff like that. Yeah. Let's talk about more about like the surface level. Like as a Black man, what has been some challenges like regarding your mental health? What has been like some challenges that you had to face? You had to overcome. You had to battle. Funny, I don't actually have many stories of just like blatant discrimination mm-hmm. directed, directed towards me. Maybe it's because I don't see it or maybe I choose not to see it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But when they were telling stories, I was trying to think like, okay, what's, what are some of the things that have happened to me that I've been like, you know, just were um, obvious discrimination. I can't really think of many or any actually. Um. Man, I remember in high school, there was, there was this teacher, um, math teacher. I, will not, I won't say her name. Um, and we had, a, we had a test. So, you know, we walk in, we're, you know, we're doing a test. And before you do a test, she was like, hey, I need everybody to put their bags towards the front of the classroom. Don't need nobody cheating, whatever, whatever. So everybody does that. We all do that. We put our bags away um, and then we go and sit down. And then she started handing out the, the test. And then um, we we're about to start. We had like two minutes before we started. And then she was just kind of walking around the classroom. She came to me, she's like, stand up. So I stand up. She was like, empty your pockets. I empty my pockets, nothing. She looks at me and then she walks away. Um, I think she thought I was gonna like have like, I don't know, like notes in my pockets yeah, so yeah. I could cheat and stuff like that. Um, and like, it, I guess it's one of the things that happens to you and you think, was that? Is that yeah. what that was? And like, yeah. you, you kind of, you're not sure, but I think it just, I just, I, I just laughed about it. I think it was, it was either me. No, I think, I think I was the only black person in the class. I think. It also makes you doubt yourself and, you know, you start thinking maybe I actually am the person who cheats or the person mm-hmm. who does that or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's not, like, I don't want to, I don't want to harp on it too much because I don't, I haven't really had, I can't remember any other incident mm-hmm. that something that has happened. Um, it's best to just not think about it, honestly. Like, choose to see the positive. Yeah. That's true. One of the things we always mention, or at least I feel like I'm repeating it ever since I've joined, um, I've joined V-Track, is that I always talk about that barrier. <laughs> Katya knows. <laughs> you know, you would want to, you know, give back to the community and serve and help and stuff like that, right? But when I talk about that barrier, it's that like, it's almost like 
you know, because there's not, like you mentioned, there's not as much research or, you know, um, as much development that has been done in our community regarding um, Black mental health, and you want to continue that, but there's almost that barrier that, like, it's stopping you because the from the other side, I would say from the people that we should, you know, try to help, it's like almost... We, we can't find those results or there's the, we can't, you know, um, there's, there's not like a, a, a willingness from their side to contribute um, and to this research to, to, for the betterment, I would say, of, of our, of the black, uh, of our mental health in the black community. And so I guess, I don't know, obviously you, you don't have the answer, <laughs> obviously, but I would say like, how, how, how do you think, you know, after pursuing your studies, how do you think um, that slowly but surely that barrier um, can be, you know, progressively can start like falling down um, that has been put in our, um, in our community? I don't know if my question is clear. Yeah. 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 I think I get it. Um, the barrier. I think part of it is having more people who look like us engaged and do, like doing the research. A lot of times when we hear representation, they think of like this sort of like almost like um, quotas and stuff to fill meeting quotas, but it's it has to be deeper than that. It has to be more than that. Um, I think off jump, whenever you at least speak to uh, go to a community and you're speaking to them about certain things, if they do see you as one of them, they're more likely to listen to you, right? Yeah. That's just the that's just human nature. We're biased towards our own people. We like yeah. we prefer our own people, and so that's just how yeah. it is. So if you go to them and you're trying to engage them on a certain topic and maybe get people to participate, they might participate if they feel like you're one of them and you have the best intentions for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of it. So getting more people essentially who who are black doing research on black people and getting them in, you know, involved in studies and the research that's, that's important. Um, And hopefully with that happening and, you know, people not getting, you know, um, not getting mistreated, it sort of starts snowball effect and down the line people are more open to yeah like we're more open to sort of participating in studies and all that kind of stuff i'm not sure samira has any other questions let's show like to ask you or if you have questions for us yeah i have questions for y'all yeah oh hot seat um but i'm the hot seat <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Ask about how do you feel about taking over this project? Because I, I, I think we'll do a little origin story for chatting in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea for this wasn't actually mine. It's the Bcom Hill project, um, which obviously uh, Dr. Jude, kind of you know, and his partners came up with. And mm-hmm. chatting in the city was meant to be uh, like a community sort of community engagement because COVID happened. I said, well, why not just sort of transfer this online? We could um, do a podcast, sort of interview people. It could be one-on-one. It could be it could be multiple guests, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's how it came about. And now the torch has been passed on to you. How do you feel? Um, I'm really honored by the opportunity. And I just see another way to um, get to know, I would say, like get to know my people more and to serve and to be more engaged. Honestly, I like talking to people about how they feel. That's mm-hmm. one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because I take how I feel very, very serious. I feel yeah. like everyone should prioritize their feelings first, yes. not like however you choose to prioritize one. 
I think everyone should prioritize their own mental health. That's what I think. Yeah. And if you want to share your own, the ways that you prioritize it or that you, I don't know, deal with stress, deal with this, deal with that in your life, then you can share it. And if anyone yeah. else finds that useful, then they can they can try it, right? Yeah. Like you said, working out. Um, I think also I I look at it as like giving a voice to the community just like Kafia said like you know I you know like we're really big advocates of like expressing our feelings because I come from a place where that was not a thing you know and so if I can give that voice to other people and we can start normalizing and bring that representation and bring that exposure to what mental health is what we've been dealing with and how we've overcoming it and stuff like that then you know we've definitely done a progress I would say um and going back to that barrier thing to hopefully surely breaking down um that barrier so do you do y'all have siblings I I do are they guys or gals we're all gals interesting this is unfortunately did you say unfortunately <laughs> i feel like i would do so much better with brothers than i would with sisters 100 percent. that's that's that that's where i'm going with this um i so i have well not all brothers but i have two brothers and then the youngest is uh is a uh we have a little sister um the princess we call her um it's 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 interesting because for like you said you know you like you know you take how you feel very seriously mm-hmm. and i think part of that comes from growing up with all girls um something i've been thinking about a lot because i've always felt like at least for me my emotions and my feelings have always been a mystery to me like it's not they aren't very clear cut in august and when it comes to sort of verbalizing them i don't always find it very easy um, and I think part of that is because I grew up with, you know, brothers and like, we're not trying to talk about that. We're trying to fight and we're trying to wrestle. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas I have friends, well, I have friends who, who have, uh, you know, sisters, only sisters. And like, they kind of have a different you know, experience sort of talking about their feelings and how they feel or whatever, because they have older sisters who kind of had that. They grew up around that. Right. Interesting. Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting that you take your feelings very seriously and also you grew up with... Uh, I mean, it's not the only reason why. It's not like a one-on-one causation, yeah. but I think it's... Yeah, it's interesting. And also, it's a huge generalization because you will have guys who are very emotional and they want to speak about that stuff and you have girls who are not very emotional and they don't want to speak about it at all. Yeah. So it's not, you know... It, it's very it's very complicated. But I was just saying, for me, it's not really something that I... I don't want to say never had to like obviously I'd say how I feel but it's like mm-hmm. I'm, I don't I'm not going deep within saying this might be because of yeah. that or whatever 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 yeah um and I'm not gonna spend I don't know an hour talking to my little brother about how I feel it's just like what are we doing I mean I probably should honestly I don't even do that but... um but you know like it's what are we doing and I, I think I think I think it changed a little bit uh with my little sister um it's funny when I the day that I left uh, obviously I'd been packing had my stuff together and then I was about to leave I'm leaving with my dad um and I told her because I think she was outside playing I'm like hey I'm leaving I'm going to Vancouver or whatever whatever and like she ran to me and like she hugged me she's like don't go don't go like my, my brother's in they're just like oh yeah peace we'll see it's like, it's like what is going on uh, 
So that was, yeah, that was, that was interesting. And it's just wow. definitely interesting. And I, I do try to call um, like every other weekend to see how they're doing and stuff like that, which has also been nice because I hadn't realized how much, how much I'm into them being the older brother. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just like, uh, maybe I'm just be being too in my head and not caring about other people, but it, it's just, but I don't think as an older brother, you realize how much you mean to the younger ones. Mm-hmm. Because I was thinking about this because I, I have a friend who I consider him like a, almost like a bigger brother and like I, how much I value him and how much I love him. It, it's kind of like, I guess it's comparable to how much they look at me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like whenever I say kind of carries all this weight. Yeah. And like, I didn't really, you know, I haven't thought about that till maybe like a year ago or something like that. So I've kind of been very, very careful with how I speak to them, what I say to them. Um, it's almost, I don't want to say like I'm like a parent to them, but it's whenever your parents say certain things to you, like it's, you know, it can be very hurtful. So I'm trying to oh, yeah. be very careful with how I, you know, speak to them. Yeah, for sure. I have one older sister, like I'm the second of five girls. Um, but no, you don't understand how I value the opinion of my older sister, just because like, she is the only one I have, right? Like mm-hmm. your little sister might have a lot of older brothers, but to have that validation, like I have parents, yes, but I also have an older sister that is there to speak to me, which is really yeah. important. Sometimes yeah. you can't even speak to your parents because they come, they have like a completely different mindset. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, unlike you guys, I, well, I guess I could really keep the last. <laughs> I mean, I do have a little sister. Other people think she's like older than me because we do look very much alike um but you know we like are I've been blessed enough to have that connection with my sister ever since we're younger we've always been friends best friends you know it's not like we always you know we always hear like stories about how like oh my goodness like I hate my sister she does this she does that but we're like no we love each other we're best friends yes we are going to fight sometimes we're not perfect but we have definitely that bond but to bounce to what you guys were talking about like it's just now as well I'm realizing that like the impact and the effect that I do have on my younger sister although it could be very hard for me because I'm the oldest oldest one I don't have any like example in front of me so it's like man like she has to see although she's going to learn from my mistakes but she has to see all that like you know she has to see every like from the highs and the lows and basically take all that and make her own um path in life so question for you guys because as older people who do you guys talk to like you have that one friend that you look up to but if that person was not there in your life prior to that who do you guys talk to that's my question that's a good question isn't it lonely no well uh, it's only it's only if you let it be like yeah. i have friends um for my my own age so I talk to them and obviously i have the other one who's a little older it, like he's not the only friend that i have who's older there's a bunch of them um it's just about closeness and if you feel like you feel comfortable enough to you know open up to them but i have friends and like we try mm-hmm. to we do talk and it's actually it's interesting because a lot, we're all over the place now uh, like i'm on the west coast some of them are on the east coast in ottawa some of them are even further on wow. the east coast halifax i have a friend oh, wow. in europe there's it's yeah there's we're all over the place so we try we do try to um call up each other well we see we have you know group chats and stuff we try to set up calls and like do Skype um, maybe every other weekend to see what's going on, like how y'all doing, stuff like that. 
like you said, talking to parents can be a little, you know, they're of a different generation from a different place. So they might not exactly understand, but talking to people who are your contemporaries of the same age, it's, you know, yeah. it's nice for you to feel heard and like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, to answer your question, Kefia, I think, um, yeah, like definitely getting yourself in an environment where you can have, you know, people that appreciate and hear and listen, not just like the f- presence of being there, but to listen to you. Like, like it's, it's just, it's a whole different aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're human beings. Like we're made to have interactions with people, some more, some less yeah some more some less like i feel we do i've been wanting to do that all <laughs> what you do i was laughing oh i thought you were rapping <laughs> podcast dropping rhymes you know what it is <laughs> sorry i use my hands a lot That's i think funny. this accentuates it's good it's good uh what's it called there's um I actually found out not too long ago that using your hands and gesturing actually takes the cognitive load off your brain. So it makes you more efficient when you talk and like, you know, communicate. I don't know what it's called. Wow. It's just gesturing, but there's a, there's a theory behind it. I can't remember, but yeah. So keep doing your thing, you know, just. (laughs) That's to all the teachers that told me that I presented with too many hand gestures. (laughs) (laughs) I was being efficient. (laughs) And that was a good conversation. So that was all for the podcast today. Um, thank you again, Boaz, for coming. Thank, thank you, you, guys. <laughs>